friend, but most of all, I wanted to live like Eloise. Through my tiny, fictional idol, I had come to the conclusion that not only was the plaza the most incredible, glamorous, over-the-top, wonderful, delightful place in the world to be, it was the only place to be. And it just so happened to be in New York City. I considered my options for about 30 seconds, during which my mother rolled her eyes and crossed her arms over her chest rather dramatically. Mary Randolph Mercer Davenport, today. Mary Randolph was my grandmother's name. Mary was my official first name, but I'd been called Minty since before I can remember. No one can ever recall the specifics, but it has something to do with the fact that I'd loved candy as a child, especially the red and white swirly starlight mints. All right, Mommy, I finally said. Let's go to New York. A rosy flush spread over my mother's cheeks. She looked like a little girl about to open a present. You're going to just love it, Minty, she said, her voice taking on the hushed and sacred tone of our priest at church. New York City is a magical place. Eloise lives there, I said. Yes, my mother replied. Yes, she does. A week later, I stood next to my mother as she helped our longtime driver, Claude, pack up the car with her vintage Louis Vuitton luggage collection. By the looks of it, we were leaving Charleston for good, but many of the trunks were empty and would come back filled with Christmas presents for my younger sister, Darby, and me, as well as the latest designer creations for my mother's spring wardrobe. I slid into the back of the car, clutching a small L'Envin purse my mother had let me borrow for the weekend. I had filled it with blow pops and two sheets of sparkly stickers shaped like high heels and handbags. Well, good afternoon, Miss Minty, Claude said from the driver's seat, looking at me through the rearview mirror. Claude was almost like a grandfather to me. He had weathered, sun-beaten skin, so soft it felt like vintage velvet. It was the color of a sun-ripened peach, warm and ruddy. His lips were always curled up in a broad, white smile, but his eyes were solemn and thoughtful. I liked Claude for many reasons, most of all because he always kept starlight mints in his pocket for me. If we were all driving together and my mother happened to be otherwise engaged, which she often was, Claude would extend his arm toward the back seat and present a mint to me in his open palm, a tiny secret between the two of us. I loved the mint so much that my mother often caught me sucking away at several at once, tiny rivulets of red running down the sides of my mouth. So, New York City, eh, Miss Minty? Yes, Claude, I said in a very authoritative tone. I crossed my legs at my ankles, a mannerism that had been drilled into me since I was old enough to sit up on my own. What are you going to do there? Eat candy, I replied, and Mommy will shop. Claude laughed. From my perch in the back seat, the front of our house was obscured, but I could hear my mother's high-pitched southern drawl making its way down the walkway. And I will not have that child eating Fruit Loops for dinner, Garland. You hear me now? Darby, honey, she said, addressing my younger sister. You'll come next time. You'll have a nice time with Daddy. Darby was six at the time, and a bit too young to really understand what she would be missing, but she was putting up a fit anyway. I peered around the side of Claude's seat until I could make out my father, who was holding a squirming Darby. Next year, Darby, my mother cooed. We'll go to the movies, honey, my father chimed in. My father was always an impossibly handsome man, and still is today. 
has deep-set eyes with a strong jawline and thick, dark hair that curls up a bit at the ends. Now it's nearly white, but back then it was the color of molasses, so intensely brown it almost appeared black. He's nearly six foot four, with broad shoulders and the rounded stomach of a thrice-daily bourbon drinker. My mother always said, he fills out a suit nicely, and he does. My parents met at my mother's debutante ball in Savannah, Georgia, where she grew up. Their first introduction was far from romantic. As the escort of an infinitely less beguiling young lady, my mother loves telling this story, and with each telling, the young lady becomes less and less beguiling, named Haley Beaufort, my father was reluctant to attend the ball at all. So he had spent the two hours from Charleston to Savannah shooting bourbon in the backseat of his friend's father's Mercedes and arrived on the scene in a state of inebriation so severe that he had to be carried into the men's room.